Hey, I'm Dwayne. And I'm Jennifer. And together we're doing a podcast, Roots. The Unseen Life. Come on a journey with us. You'll produce a system of roots that will stabilize you and... Produce fruit. We're going somewhere. Come along with us. Hey guys, want to welcome you today to our uh, podcast. It's our podcast. Yes. It's and, called uh, Roots and I'm Jennifer and you're Dwayne. Yes. And uh, welcome to episode three. Um, if you hear a little crunching noise in the background, it's due to our beautiful Labrador doodle, Australian Labradoodle, I believe yes. is what it's called. She looks like a teddy bear and she's pretty cute. And uh, I've never seen Jennifer respond to a dog in such a way. I do love her. So it's um, when things need to be paid for in uh-huh. our dog, it's our, it's, yeah, it's, Chloe's, it's, it's Chloe's dog, our yeah. middle daughter. But uh, when, when the puppy needs cuddles, it's it's family dog. Yeah, for sure. It's how we approach for it. For sure. But uh, uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about um, following God sucks. That's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, quite a title, Dwayne. Yeah, it was original. Yeah, I see that. Um, there's a a portion of scripture that has just to me it's a little bit where the rubber meets the road. Uh-huh. It's where my faith is is worked out yeah um it's where uh i think jesus laid a foundation in the heart of the disciples unto becoming the apostles right and it was an important i believe foundational conversation um and so we're going to be kind of looking at john 15 today sounds good are you gonna be be with me i'm with you Dwayne, but i'm curious you just said um disciples unto apostles so you're saying i have a chance to being an apostle <laughs> that's because i'm getting the t-shirt and the business cards i was talking about the disciples of jesus in his time oh, i'm a disciple man. as well but um this the context of this i'm telling you if you are ever bored and you've got 20 minutes um it will lead to three hours often yeah, but john so 14 15 16 are rich well those are the rich conversation that jesus you know that john recorded of his conversation before the cross and then john 17 is the high priestly prayer where jesus talks to the father and they're so rich like and that prayer is so rich too. yeah it's unbelievable but in this center of the in the heart of the conversation jesus talks about um, Jennifer, would you please read John 15, verse 8? Why, why yes, I will, Duane. Thank you so much for asking. I'll put my glasses on for those that are only hearing. Okay, John 15, verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so this is an important, I think, you know, Jesus is going, I am the way that we're going to actually bring glory to the Father. Yeah. It's by the by having fruit. Yeah. And so we are called to be fruitful. Yeah. We this is this is a is a, I believe two things. It's a desire. Uh-huh. We are we want impact. Yes. We want everyone wants to touch another one's life. Yeah. Everyone wants to to make a difference, make a change. And I believe that's a God-given desire. Yeah. That is not selfish ambition. No. Um so I said two things, and now I can't remember what the second point was. I'm sure it was powerful. Oh, it's super powerful. Powerful. Uh, I would imagine you were going to refer to <laughs> the um, fruit of the Spirit as fruit. Well, um... Oh, no, no? Oh, we don't do that now? <laughs> 
So the fruit of so the internal fruit, yeah. let's call it that, but it's it's that transformation that following Christ brings to the human heart. Right, right. And in in just you you've made that point. Um and what's interesting in regards to the fruit of the spirit, when I was taught it in Sunday school, you you were a heathen, you never went to Sunday school. But <laughs> You know that was always things that we were we were supposed to aim for right. in the communication. Yeah. But actually, fruit means it's it's a process that brings forth fruit. Uh-huh. And so I think Jesus was saying that in this portion of Scripture, fruit is going to bring glory glory to the Father. So you, when you touch a life, an internal transformation, fruit of the Spirit. Right. And then by this, it actually means we are His disciples. Yeah. And so I want us to, American Christianity, I'm going to bang on it for a moment. You know, certain circles of the Christian, of, of, the, of the church in America, I just, I think they're off uh-huh. in the idea and the concept that we, where they call us to big, better, and more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that is actually the teaching of the scriptures. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And... Because when you you look at the people in the Bible, the one that the ones that the the Lord highlights, they went into the depths and were refined in such a way that you you just don't know are they going to make it. You know what I mean? Like Joseph, he has a dream at seventeen, and the ultimate fulfillment of that of that dream isn't until he's in his mid forties. With extreme pain. Extreme pain. You know, disillusionment. What in the heck's happening? What's for going sure, on? For sure. I thought I was the man of the hour. Right. And and sadly, I mean, I'm an American. Now you're originally Canadian. And so. Praise I, the Lord. Yeah, right. We, God bless Canada. Um, and we've lived, you know, in, in multiple different countries and traveled a ton. But as an American, there is a, a sentiment that you're going to. Um, Get, give your life to Jesus, and life is just going to soar from that point on. It's going to get it's bigger gonna get and better. better. It's like the corporate ladder. You just keep going up. You never go back down. Yeah. There, you know, there's no depression. There's no difficulty. There's no challenges. And it's almost like you have to say the right thing to convince yourself of the right thing. Yeah. As opposed to the ways of God are different than my ways. His ways truly are not my ways. And it's a hundred percent. I think, in some ways, God's ways are opposed in many ways to how we get into the American dream. Sure. And I believe that that the American dream has has seeped into much of our teaching yeah, in the church. Into the church, yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm not. I don't want to bang on America, bang on the American dream, but it's not entirely biblical. Sure. And that's where. For me, um, you know, I, I, I've entered into a couple of seasons specifically of disillusionment yeah. because I was just looking for paradise. When yeah, is life yeah. going to get easy? Right, right. And I don't know um, if I'm going to ever attain that in this age. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually, now that I, I don't want to actually enter into this just life of ease now uh-huh. because I want to 
I want the Holy Spirit to continue to mold me to look like Christ. Right. And, and to be, you know, I think of Job and he says, blessed be the name of the Lord, the one who gives and the one who takes away. I want to know both sides of God. Uh, I want to know the God that gives yeah. and be okay with that and, yeah. and see it as a blessing. And the God that takes away, I want to be okay with that too. Yeah. And Paul, he's learned to live with much and he's, he's learned to live with little. And so there's the two sides of the coin that continually get flipped around. And, and I, my line of thought would prefer it's one or the other, and it's that way consistently. Yes. But the ways of God, it's blessing and it's testing. And it goes back and forth and back and forth. And part of the reason we're even doing this podcast is to give people proper perspective so that when a season of trial or testing comes, you're not disillusioned, thrown off, and wondering where's God. Yes. You go, oh, he's here too. Absolutely. Wow, Jen, that's deep. Right? Oh, Ooh. yeah, deep nuggets. I'm spitting out bars today. Getting uh, ready to do a rap. So let's not and look at verse one. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Um, you know, the amazing thing about Jesus um, is he spoke my language, which is the common, simple language. Yeah. And so he's a storyteller. And I love that about his communication style. So... Um, when you look at John 15, verse 1, um, he just he uses a very easy picture to understand. Uh-huh. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Mm-hmm. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Mm-hmm. And so, um, first of all, we just let's just um, flesh out the picture a little bit here that Jesus created. He goes, "I am the true vine," and so he's making a statement there. I believe that from me, yeah, um, nourishment is going to come. Right, right. From me, I am the one that is going to to bring words of life. Yeah, and I am I am the one that is going to to strengthen you. Yeah, give you life, encourage yeah. you. Yeah. And then, which actually is freeing. Uh huh. Like, I don't have to just grin and bear it and fight through and, and think, okay, produce fruit, produce fruit, produce fruit. It, it's like the fruit I want is found in Him and through Him. That's and a by huge, living with Him. Yeah. And that's a, that's a lesson we all going to have to learn. It yeah, was, for mine sure. was painful, painful in learning that, but, yeah. Um, especially people like, you know, People tell me, and I, I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I think they're wrong, but <laughs> but that's what people tell me. Probably not wrong, sweetie. And so I am a, by, I think by my personality, I'm a very driven individual. Uh-huh. A like, builder. You can't stop the ideas flooding like, in your head. Like to me, verse eight, it's like, Del Ralph, who doesn't want to have fruit? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And so that that's a motivation to me. Um yeah, anyways. But this the point that I want to make here and actually is mm-hmm. my father is the vine dresser. Yeah. And so when we understand the role of the vine dresser, uh-huh. we're going to have an understanding perhaps of how God walks with us. Right, right. Because the vine dresser is, is focused on fruit. Yes. And so the vine dresser is going to do whatever is necessary right. to get fruit. Right, right. Uh, something that strikes me about verse 2 also is... Everyone gets cut. Uh-huh. There's a pruning to everyone. Yes. And so 
if you cut off a dead branch, well, it doesn't grow back. Yes. But if you, you cut back a branch that's alive, it will grow back. But there is a season and time where you don't have anything to show for yourself. And in time, fruit will come back. But it's in that place when you feel like a stump. Yeah. You feel vulnerable, you feel exposed, you feel judged. Yeah. Cuz people are going, "Hey, what happened to you? You used to have that thing going. You used to Well, let me I want to talk about yeah. we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I want to I want to because here verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Uh-huh. Because of love. And and because um branches that are not bearing fruit, they actually take energy though. Yeah. And so the pruning process, it 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 begins to be, bring disillusionment. Uh-huh. Um, it brings challenge, like what in the world? Why is this not working? Right. What in the world? I just lost this. I yeah. lost my job. I lost uh-huh. um, whatever. Right. And that is disillusioning. Absolutely. Especially when I believe my Christianity is rooted in life is going to get better all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't want to be a pessimist. And, and so please, as we're talking today, I'm not calling you to pessimistic life yeah. with God, Right. but I want to, I want to give, you know, a, a realistic picture mm-hmm. that to produce fruit, there's going to be loss. Yes. Because I'm not smart enough uh, to understand life. Right. Right. And, 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 and the father's committed to fruit internally and externally, yes. and he's going to take, and it's going to hurt. Yeah, it's going to hurt. And, you know, I, I, I saw, uh, the Bob Sorge quote. If you don't know who Bob Sorge is, he's such an incredible man. We're going to have him on here. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet. So Bob, he does. if you're watching, he does. He, does. he, he said yes. Yeah. Awesome. We love him. Well, I think he said yes, actually. <laughs> Now he's feeling pressure. Right, Bob? Say, do do the Roots podcast. Um, But his quote was, God will cut your branches continually, but he'll never cut your roots. Yes. And that's like, whoa. I mean, because we will be pruned all of our lives, but the roots will never be cut out because that is the source of the fruit. Wow, I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't hear that. Because I'm gonna his, get that tattooed on my back. Because his point is stamp trap. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> his point is bring back the. Stamp I mean, trap. every year a tree will get pruned. Uh, yeah. A fruit tree. Yeah. And so it's not. If someone's a good gardener, unlike us. Yeah, but that's not where we want to focus today. <laughs> okay, so then the next point that I, for me, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Uh-huh. So everything that, even good things, even things that have life on them, even things that are producing fruit. That are beautiful. That are beautiful. He's actually going to even prune those. Yeah. And that's like, what? Uh Uh-huh. And it's unto bearing more fruit, though. Yeah. Which, it's so contrary to what seems logical, that you cut things that are beautiful, that are fruitful, that are working. Yes. It, it, it just, it's contrary to how I would do it. Yeah. Jennifer, would you allow me to share a personal testimony? Oh, honey, please. <laughs> Should we take up an offering afterwards too? So 
we had um uh so we had moved to Kansas City at the International House of Prayer in nineteen ninety eight. In ninety nine the prayer room starts and we jump in. And yep. then um not very long after that, Mike um Bickle, the director, the founder, the pioneer of the prayer room there, he says, Let's do a young adult conference. Yeah. And the name of it was Young Adults Passionately Pursuing God with All Their Heart, Mind, Soul. And it, it was just, <laughs> nearly. it was horrible. The name, the marketing. I remember Matt Candler, him him looking at the brochure after the, I think it was during the conference. And he just said, this is off and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I love Matt and his perspective often. But that that was the beginning of what kind of matured into a conference that we ended up just calling one thing. Yeah. And, um, and so kind of in the early days of IHOP, it was all hands on deck. Right. And so I, I, uh, it was prophetic promise. Mike was called to minister to this generation. The Lord had spoken to that in the beginning of eighties. He spoke, there's going to be a youth movement, a youth, a young adult idea gathering, and it's going to really birth some new things. And Mike was called to speak to that age group and, and uh, and so it had promise on it. Yeah, it had um, a lot of life on it. And so we we launched out in this conference. Um, and not very long after it getting up, I was put in charge of the conference. Mm-hmm. So I was the director of it. And so we started these regional gatherings that matured into uh, a a national national conference, conference where we had. You know, any given heyday. any given year between twenty and twenty five thousand coming. Didn't start there. I mean, it was well, five, it, ten, yeah, but it quickly it grew, it grew yeah. really quick. It did I, grow we kind of went quickly. from we kind of went from five to ten, boom, to twenty. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I'm I'm now in my early and mid thirties. I'm I'm yeah, and so. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is, you know. You're living the dream. Living the dream. You know, you just, when you have seasons where God is with you and you feel it. Uh-huh. Um, I, and when I, you walk in favor, it you, feels good. Yeah. And it's just like, this is, this. and I was, and I think I, I was somewhat grounded yeah, still. Yeah. I wasn't like. You're married to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a, a significant learning curve yeah. in, in my leadership. And then also in my preaching, we were doing regional conferences mm-hmm. and then a national conference. And, and so my preaching, I was really getting to hone that skill sure. and, and feeling fruit on it. Yeah. Um, feeling life on it. And I felt like. We had a message to proclaim, and we were seeing a lot of fruit. Yeah, I mean, t- having a, a conference with twenty thousand people, and the presence of the Lord was there. It was, yes. you know, Very and again, strong. and I also want to say it wasn't just my preaching. When right. you when you're standing beside Mike Bickle, it's like, okay, I'm a loser. Um, <laughs> so, but there was life on the gathering. A- absolutely, you know, and, and lives were being touched, lives were being changed. No, the presence of the Lord was so strong during those conferences. And and the teaching. Yeah. So the teaching was... Worship was amazing. You know, it was and, good. And I'm personally getting revelation in the Word that's really even transforming how I think and, right. and move. And, and, and so what happened in that season... Um, uh, I really dialed in on on Philippians chapter three. Yeah, and you, if you've ever heard me preach, or you will hear me preach, perhaps in the future, um, I I love this book of the where yeah. I feel like there's 
just Paul's heart is exposed. Yeah. And and he 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 gives motivation for why he does what he does and you know uh, you know Philippians 1 to live as Christ to die as gain. What a statement. Oh, for sure, he for he sure. lived on a different plane. He had different priorities to live today is to experience everything I can of Jesus. Yeah. But he goes I can't wait actually to step into eternity. Mm-hmm. And so he just lived with a different perspective, and I want to align my life. It's right. been, you know, he says in chapter 3, follow my example, and I'm like, I'm following it. And then Philippians 2, I mean, oh my gosh, that's a whole podcast, the yeah. humility of Christ. And he's calling and us. like him in that. And, he, yeah. and just all of that. And so, you know, it's it says, you know, Philippians 3, you know, that 6 through 8 portion where I've lost everything, mm-hmm. um, but I've gained the... I've gained Consider the excellent, garbage, yeah, yeah, excellencies of Christ, and so I would pray, God, strip me, leave me naked, but I will not go into eternity um, bored with you. Right. Remove everything that would steal, uh-huh. and remove all of these things that will 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 compete for, compete for my love for you. Yeah, yeah. So dangerous prayers. Dangerous prayers. So I won't go into the circumstances, but we're having 20,000, 25,000 show up. And in, in, in a short season, um, I'm, I'm, let me say this first. Um, we made a, a pretty unique, cool trip um, to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And we're in Jerusalem, and I'm probably 30, what would, be, what would I have been, 38, something yeah, like that probably. probably. And I'm in, we're in Jerusalem. We're doing, uh, we did a one thing there. Then we also did a call, and I was the executive director of the call in that season with Lou Engel and Mike Bickle. And so we did that in, in, in Jerusalem. And then um, after that, um, we're in a prayer room there. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into this, I'll tell it another time, but I had probably one of the, my top life changing experiences with the Lord, and it's about my future calling. Sure. And so it's about future fruit mm-hmm. in the context of this conversation. And I knew, I knew that I wasn't just to quickly respond to that. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to cost me. Yeah. But I didn't do the math well enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that saying yes to that began um, a a a very very painful season. Right, because uh, not to go into the encounter, but to just quickly, the Lord was inviting you to go with him somewhere. Yes, yes, that's helpful. And so I said yes to that. And in saying yes to that, it was from that moment on that I actually went into a very disillusioning, challenging, painful season. Right. And I went from leading, directing the One Thing Conference, all of the team, all the marketing, um, leading all of that to to a a office that was a closed closet. I mean, that was like a cleaning, a cleaning closet. closet. That got converted to an office. So, no no air vent, no window. <laughs> you had to keep it, the door open so you wouldn't suffocate. Totally. It would <laughs> you know, it would not have been the uh, uh fire fire code approved. <laughs> I could literally just touch both hands out, touch the walls and yeah. and so it was so painful. Um, uh-huh. I was in that season where I was sleeping three hours a night wrestling with the arguing with the circumstances and, and the pain. Of, and it felt public. Oh, felt humiliating. Super public. Cause where's Dwayne? 
Dwayne's disappeared. And yeah. Has he sinned? Has he? Oh, yeah. And the, and the people stopping me in the hallway asking me if there was some sort of moral failure in your life because where'd you go and why didn't anyone say anything? So it was. So it was a sudden pruning. And it was a pruning. It was a pruning. Because I'm doing something that has fruit on it. Yeah. I'm doing something that has life on it. Yeah. And, and I'm. And all of a sudden, I'm just, it's taken out. Yeah. And I find myself one day at the front, standing, speaking with power, and all of this authority. And then all next of this. Next day in a closet. Next day I'm in a closet. And. It's beautiful, I though. didn't have a, I did not understand this process with clarity. Right. I, you know, I, I knew you it as. theoretical I, understanding. Yeah. But I hadn't personally experienced the the pruning of something that had fruit on it yeah and that was disillusioning absolutely absolutely but you know i just want to say as your wife i was watching that and you were so impressive to me Mm -hmm. just the way that you walked with humility you clung to the bible you just wouldn't let go of the lord and i just want to honor you for that for Mm -hmm. real thank you it was beautiful you want to kiss or something (laughs) we'll save that for later (laughs) Let's keep this gen G. All right. All right. But I think that what what is important here is is that um, the Father is committed to my life. Yeah. And my ways and His ways are different. Yeah. And my my American my perceived Christianity is sometimes contrary to God. Yeah. yeah. And my my teachings I've heard the my you know like yeah in your so framework, your my reference, frame my yeah. reference point my framework and all of these things and so I think we need to understand mm-hmm. um that pruning is a part of being a disciple. And it is a part therefore expect it. Like yeah. for real expect so, it cuz that helps. But don't be pessimistic and expecting it like oh oh, no oh no oh no right right we don't want to live in that fear right no because fear is not an option but make sure that you have the right narrative when you're going through pruning yeah and it's because of love because the lord wants you to be a disciple because he wants you to have eternal fruit not just flash in the pan quick fruit yes amen that other people say look 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 you want the fruit that the lord goes wow look look yeah. at what's been produced in you Dwayne. yeah look at how different you are than you were yeah and the lord in his kindness will use the the least amount of severity to produce the greatest amount of fruit yes and and that was how he's he was. precise. He's precise. It's not willy nilly taking a machete. He he's a surgeon. He's skilled. Yes. And he knows how to get to the very the exact things that that need to be cut out to produce the greatest amount of fruit. And what's really important is that you continue to be rooted and grounded in the love of God. Yeah. Um because pruning is not rejection. No, that's what I mean by changing the narrative. That's critical to understand that. Thank you for allowing me to bring that forth. Well, thanks for making a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- but that, you know, because 
um, and it's important that you don't look at pruning as rejection. Right. Exactly. Pruning is comes from the heart of a father who has a different perspective over your life and actually who has a significantly perfect, I mean, more. Right. He sees tomorrow when we don't see tomorrow. And he sees promise that you just can't see. Absolutely. You know, he, he's going to do something much greater than I can even imagine. Yeah, Yeah. That's, that's what God has for me. Yeah. And I'm lost in my day and my fruit I'm so excited about. And he takes it away and you're going, Christianity, what is this about? Yes. And so I made the... You gave everything. You gave your lifeblood, and then yeah. you take it away. And and so that's where I'm reading a book right now, and it's just on the it's on the knowledge of God. It's on who is God yeah. and what is God doing. And there's so many things that I think fill our minds about following Christ that are just even not biblical. Right. And we have this collision within our lives, and God goes, I'm not changing. You had the wrong idea, and I'm just getting you on my page. Right. right. And, and so that, that's, the, that's the journey. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. That's the process. Yeah. And, and so for me, that, that's important. Very I think important. part of our narrative here yeah. is that, that we understand pruning is actually God's commitment to my life to making me look like his son. Yeah. And, and so that it's It's, not rejection. No, not at all. It's, it's, I mean, I think of a couple of things is Hebrews 12, you know, even, even bad fathers, we respect them for disciplining us Mm -hmm. and how much more it says, does the Lord discipline us that we would live? You know what I mean? Yes. And then I think of James one, I mean, blessed are, uh, Blessed are you when you fall into various trials. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and then it goes on to talk about what those trials produce. But falling into a trial means you didn't see it. Mm-hmm. It's like a pothole in the road. You were running, and boom! Now you're in a hole. Right. And and that that was how sudden your pruning was. Yeah. And there's something about when you're in the hole, you need God to get out of the hole. And so there's a blessing in there. There's a place of encounter with the Lord in the dungeon. That's Joseph. It says, and the Lord was with him when Mm -hmm. he was in the dungeon, when he was thrown in the pit by his brothers, and the Lord was with him. When he was in Potiphar's house, and the Lord was with him. I mean, it's, I want the Lord with me in the dungeon. I want him with me in the prison sentence. I want him with me on the platform. It's that allowing him to use whatever method necessary to produce the greatest amount of fruit in my life. But knowing there are going to be trials and those trials can be turned into a blessing. Yeah. And that just, that just helps get us on track with God's narrative. Yeah. Amen. Well, any other thoughts, any other jewels, Jennifer? Oh man, I'm just, so filled with jewels. Well, I just think, you know, if you're in this place right now, mm-hmm. you know, where you feel like every branch in me just got cut off. People are staring at me. People are going, what happened to you? Where did your fruit go? I, that's a humiliating place to be. But I think the answer is found in um, 1 John fifteen four To abide in me, it says, and I in you, and to get 
back to that place of intimacy with Jesus, that's what started all of our journeys in in this whole thing anyway. I didn't give my heart to Jesus so I could have a ministry. I gave my heart to Jesus because I was in love with him, because he took away my sin. I was grateful. I wanted to lay at his feet and abandon myself there. Yeah. And that wasn't just the beginning, that's the end. Yes. This is the goal of our life to be found at the feet of Jesus, loving him, worshiping him, adoring him. And and so go back to that place. I mean, there's so much in John 15. I'm sure we'll do more podcasts on we this. We will. I'm committed to it. But get to that place of abiding in the vine, trusting him in the season when you've been pruned where you feel like you're just a stump before the Lord. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a vulnerable place, but the Lord will cover you in that place. And you found some sweet times with Jesus in that oh, place. Oh, it was transformational. Yeah, for sure. It gives you a whole different priority pursuit. And it's really, I just want to encourage you, um, end with a, with a gem. Just give us a gem. <laughs> no, I'm totally joking. Um, where I want to aim my life is um, the promise is no longer my major major motivator. Yeah. To be a son of the Father, yeah. and understand my position as the eter- you know with the eternal bridegroom. Yeah. And Genesis. It's a position of privilege. I mean Genesis fifteen, God told Abram, "I am your reward," that's and that's so good. that's where I want to reposition. That's where I want to encourage you just to begin to dialogue. Yeah. You know, he is my reward. Mm-hmm. And then prophetic promise, uh, family relationships, calling, all of those things, mandate. Those are all second best. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. God bless you guys. All right. Thanks for joining us. We're going to teach a little pro- Portuguese. Até mais. Until later. We love you guys. <laughs> grace, grace, grace. We'll Amen. talk soon. Ciao, ciao.